Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, hey, Gator Nation, welcome back to the Respect Our Decision podcast. This is episode 45. As always, I'm your host, Hirsch, and with me are my great co-host, CJ, the man, McCann. What's up, guys? And our hype man, Wes. What's good? What's good, Gator Nation? Gator Nation, sorry that we're coming at you a day late. Um, We had some bad weather in the south yesterday. Some of y'all may have experienced it. I hope everyone is safe out there. Had some power outages here where I'm where I'm from. And, um, you know, sometimes life happens. But we're here. We've got more information that gives us a little bit more. The schedule came out after that. So maybe we talk a little schedule in this episode. Of course, we got all kinds of recruiting information, good and bad. We got as the episode is titled, man, highs and lows. And we got a little bit of both. And then, of course, CJ is going to talk a little bit about the Gators as they prepare to square off in Omaha, baby. We are. We're on the way. Got to take on those boys from Virginia this week. Time to get hype. So, guys, as always, make sure you go out and you can download us wherever you get your podcast from. And if you're checking us out on YouTube and maybe you haven't, you just stumbled upon us and you're like, oh, what's this, guys? Hey, if you wouldn't bother, maybe go ahead and subscribe to the channel. And if you don't know, we're doing a giveaway this month for a scared money, don't make money T-shirt from our good friends at Alma Mater. All you have to do to be entered in the giveaway for that shirt is subscribe to the channel, drop a like on this video, and leave a comment down below. Guys, let's set a goal for this video. Let's get 50 likes on this video, guys. That is the goal for the video. Let's let's see if we can make it happen, Gator Nation. I have faith in you to get it done. All right, guys, we're going to jump right into it, man. We got a lot of recruiting news to cover. Um it, it's been a busy week, both good and bad. We're going to jump right into it. We got some new Gators in the house, some new commits. We're going to start right off by talking about we got an edge commitment that goes to the 2023 class from Quincy Ivory, a, a JUCO player out of East Los Angeles College. Um, Quincy Ivory just actually moved to the defensive side of the ball. He played a little quarterback, too, coming out of high school, played a little quarterback there at his at his school, but last year made a full-time shift to defense and um played pretty well. In 10 games, he had eight and a half sacks, 12 and a half tackles for a loss, three fumble recoveries. Um, This is just adding a body to the room, basically, guys. This is what like going out into the portal and getting the guy. You're getting the guy off Juco ranks. Obviously, he uh, either worked out or sent in the old uh, tape for the coaches, and the coaches really liked what they saw and feel like they can make something out of this. 
Um, Wes, I'm gonna go to you first, man. I know, I know you're wanting some edge, uh, guys, but I don't think this is quite the guy you had in mind. But hey, you know, you're always nah. gonna have, you're always gonna have some projects. What you think, Wes? Um, to keep it positive, I, I won't speak on anything <laughs> negative. So to keep it positive, the thing that I do love about when a- athletes transfer to another position, um, I, I don't mind it when it's a quarterback, uh, athletic type quarterback. To me, that means uh, that you're an athlete, especially when you play in high school or on the JUCO ranks. That that's that's where you went at. Uh, that means you have some sort of athletic ability. So um, he's probably pretty raw, even though he did. I mean, he was playing in JUCO ranks, so. I'm not going to speak to any, uh, you know, you know the stats that you gave eight sacks in ten games. Um, but he may have some things, some things he he may have some things you can work with. But it's going to be a long way for him, uh, especially playing the SEC. Uh, as far as technique, uh, is very very pitiful. Pitiful. Uh, I can't even talk. <laughs> it's pitiful for uh, when you're using your hands and dealing with elite offensive line, whether you're playing the right side or the left side. SEC and you've never done it before. He's going to have a lot to learn. So, uh, but you, hey, uh, hopefully, Coach Chaos has uh, uh, some clay and some uh, tools to work with that can develop him into uh, a rush passer. So, um, that's all I got to say. I'm going to keep it positive. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. CJ, what's your take? I'm, I'm cool with uh, coaches taking projects. I understand that. Um, you better recruit if you're going to do that too, because you can't just have a whole. Know, class full of projects. You can't have a whole bunch of guys come in that are projects. But you I know, mean, he's a transfer. They obviously like what they've seen. He used to play quarterback. He's got great size. It means he's fast. He's got better feet than a lot of guys in playing his position. Um, you know, it, it definitely there's obviously something there that they see that they could take and develop him into a really good athlete. Um, and it's just mostly like a depth take because you know this guy is a is a project he's a guy that's not going to really you know contribute for maybe a year or two um so yeah you take him you like what you see you like what you know what he's got going on and you bring him in and see if you can work your magic on him um that's that I mean that's the only thing i could say about him because you know it is just a project i'm not going to be negative on the kid i'm always glad when we get kids i'm glad they want to come play here so um, you know, good luck to him. I hope that they turn him into a pretty fine athlete and he does a lot of great things for us. Yeah. Um, my only, my only drawback on this is, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, this, this was going to be a tight year for scholarships to offer to recruits and for portal kids. So you really got to make sure you, this kid's a hit. Um, or else you're, you're taken away from what could possibly be, a player that could to, could see meaningful playing time in this recruiting class in the 2024 recruiting class. Now I know the coaches will probably find a way to get the kids they want in, and, and that's fine. And I'm not doubting that this young man has they see some outlandish potential in him. But as we're going to talk about in a minute, you know, there's some projects on deck here, and and you can only have so many projects, especially at SEC level ball. It's a proven fact that you've got to have the certain amount of talent to win in the sec so we're going to move on now to the next uh we got two commitments for the 2024 class since our last episode guys we're going to break those down real quick um now these aren't needle movers we're just going to go ahead and say it before we even get into the young men they're not guys that you're going to look at and be like oh my gosh man we just added to the unbelievable class average we were building no these are guys that are going to take away a little bit from the class average um for now, these are kids that absolutely could rise. That, that, but once again, you know, you're, you're taking some risk here. But we're going to start with Mike Williams, offensive tackle out of Maryland. He visit, officially visited Florida last weekend. And on Monday, he went ahead and popped for the Gators. This is a massive young man, 6'7", 315 pounds. He was formerly committed to the South Carolina Gamecocks, had offers from Michigan State, uh, South Carolina, obviously, I, Miami, Tennessee, uh, USC. Now, sometimes we know these aren't committal, you know, offers. We're not going to sit here and lie. We're not doing a Hayes Fawcett here and, you know, just throwing in Florida for the sake of, uh, you know, trolling. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. I mean, the kid's great size, 
He, he's ranked outside of the top 1,000 recruits currently. But, once again, very strong kid, good, good feet, good footwork. Staff really likes what they see in him. So he went ahead and committed to the Gators. And before I get the thoughts from the guys, I'm going to go ahead and cover the second commitment as well because he is also an offensive tackle. Guys, we got the number one player in the country. Yes, sir. The country of Germany. The country of Germany. (laughs) We have landed, and guys, you're going to have to bear with us till we get this name right. This kid, he came out of nowhere for all of us. Noel Portagin, out of the country of Germany, six foot five, 330-pound offensive tackle, who is also a dancer. And is so agile, he can do kip-ups at six foot five, 330 pounds. Um, Yeah. uh, This is a kid now, he's been hitting the camp scene. He had recently gotten offers from South Carolina. He got an offer from Auburn. So this is a kid that just really got on the scene. And he's shooting up on people's radars now because they hadn't really seen him. I mean, I don't know how the hell we saw him. (laughs) I don't know how we found this kid. Army, but he's the number one player. He was the number one ranked player in Germany. But once again, guys, you're 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 taking a project here. Now I know I know what the argument is. Rob Sale turned Osiris Torrance into a unanimous All American, and I and I don't argue that at all. I absolutely know that you can offensive line is is a hard position to judge kids grow into positions they grow out of positions they you know it's tough and and i do trust rob sales coaching ability but if you've been listening to the show recently i have a few questions about rob sale and and coach stapleton's recruiting ability so cj i'm going to start with you and i know wes wants to go last on this because wes has got a little Wes got a little rant he probably wants to get into uh, about this. We're, yeah, we're going to play bad cop, good cop. I'll be the good cop uh, and let Wes be the bad cop. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I again, when you're taking these kids, and I've always said this with the offensive line, it is the hardest position to grade out of high school for a lot of different reasons. Um, you know, you still want to get high-rated kids because a lot of times high-rated kids are going to be better. That's just the way it is. These, you know, these scouts aren't stupid. You know, they see a lot of kids. They do some questionable things, but they're not stupid. Um, I will. The, the my silver lining with all of this is these guys are massive. They are big boys. It's not like we're taking John Hevesy, five ten, two hundred and forty pound offensive lineman to come play. These guys are at least you know NBA height, and they weigh three hundred pounds plus. You know, so at least there's some there's something to work with. If you're going to take a project, these are definitely guys you take. Um, and, and two with with Noel in Germany, I don't know how good he is or how good he isn't. I can tell you, he's really agile. He's got a great size. He's got a great build. Um, you know, to be the number one player in Germany seems like it's got to speak for something. Even though they don't play a whole lot of football over there, he's still the big fish in the small pond. Um, so you are getting a good player. I think he can be a great player. They've compared him, his game, to Osiris Torrance. They feel like he's a lot like him. Um, he's got great feet. He's agile. If you watch some of his film, he has you know quick movements, which is really good. Can he get over here and play against the biggest and the baddest? I, I don't know. But he's definitely a, a great project. He's a great piece of clay to try to mold. The problem that a lot of people are going to have – Yes, Osiris Torrance was a great player, but we got the finished product, Osiris Torrance, when he came to Florida. We didn't get freshman, junior, sophomore Osiris Torrance losing. We got Lafayette. the crockpot version, right? We got him. We got him. We didn't get the raw piece of meat. We got the here's here's the dinner. Here's the pot roast, and that and that was easier for us to take. And we could say, well, look, Osiris, he was really good. Osiris wasn't that great as a freshman and a sophomore, guys. He had to build. Are we going to be patient enough? Do we have the depth to let somebody build uh, that's going to take enough time? I feel like the guys we took in the portal, they're all young enough to be here for a good long time. I hope they work out. 
I, I, you know, again, I'm not doubting the ability that, that Rob Sale has as a coach because um, he's proven he can put guys in the league that are two- and three-star players. So he, he's, he's done it. But, man, like I said, like I've been saying this whole time, though, you've got to start getting some of these higher-ranked Rod Kearney-esque guys in there to let them develop those guys because then you're really developing high-level athletes. But with that being said, with the guys we took, they have great size. If you're taking a project at offensive lineman, they are two guys that you could take. They are two guys that make sense to take. Like I said, it's not 225-pound, six-foot-one kid running the veer offense or the triple option for Paul Johnson. These are these are big boys. They can be developed into great offensive linemen, and we don't really know how good or not they are coming out of high school because. Like I said, it's just a hard position to grade. So I'll let Wes take it from here, but th- that's kind of my thought on the, on those two guys. Yeah. I, I'm not going to be too harsh. This is not the topic I want to be too harsh on, but I'm going to be harsh in, in a sense. And in speaking to what you were saying about the depth, it's okay to take projects when you have depth and you have time for kids that develop. But I, the way I'm looking at this offensive line, I don't know if we have that. If a couple guys, which happens every year, no matter what team it is, uh, no matter Alabama, Georgia, us, Tennessee, South Carolina, somebody's going to get hurt on the low line. And then you have to have somebody to be able to you, – you can't take projects and expect for them to come in and be able to work. And and like you said, we it, it may have taken one to two years for Cyrus Torrance to get to where he needed to be. Okay, so if it's taking him one to two years to get to where he needs to be, that means the guys we took last year and the guys we took in this year are going to need two years. So to me, that, that, that's not going to work out in the end. Then we have to get, continue to to lean on the portal. Like I said, I don't mind the kid from Germany. I, if you tell me an offense lineman with great feet, I love that. To me, that's somebody you can work with. Offense lineman with great feet, athletic, that's a plus. I don't mind that. But And, and, and to me, the, the fact that we're taking these kids in June – to me, it speaks to the offensive line recruiting and hold. That means you have no confidence of getting anybody later on down the line when you can probably circle back and get these kids later. You know what I'm saying? Because these kids aren't pressed or to recruit now. They, they, they just have to do a better job. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not like some of the fans that I get into that more later when we talk about uh, Chauncey, but I'm not end of the world with the entire staff. But when it comes to O-line, they have not proven anything to me. Kern's the only guy that I can say is a big is a big boy recruit. That's it. Everybody else is. I think I feel like anybody in the SEC could have gotten. And I want the recruits that maybe the top only the top five can get. Uh, we see what South Carolina is doing down there. Well, down here where I'm at, as far as O line recruiting, the kid was uh, Mike was was uh, committed to them at once. But they were recruiting so well, maybe he got scared and ran. We taking South Carolina leftovers, in my opinion, because they were that their O line recruiting recruiting is good, is is better than good. Is where I would hope we would be at right now. And to me, they just have to do better. Them specifically, out of all the recruiting, they're the ones that that are that are slacking in the in the two years that Napier's been here. I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I, I've said it before on this show. Um, and, hey, if the guys that they're recruiting start just being all SEC caliber, Najee Harris and, and those guys, they come out, you know, and and, bo- and blow the socks off of us and, and look great, We you know, we won't question their takes. But we haven't seen the product yet other than Osiris. I mean, that we can't – and you can't just continue to go, oh, well, what about Osiris? You know, every school gets low-rated kids that end up playing well above their ranking. And I understand that coaching and development goes into that. That's that's not to be argued. But, you know, we've got to see some results outside of the Osiris Torrance, you know, of the world. You've got to see some of these kids are going to have to to show that, you know, oh, we took a lower guy, but we developed him into a great, you know, starter. And that's yeah. going to take time, and it's going to take patience. And here we are again with the same, you know, preaching the same thing over and over again. But 
We're going to move on, but guys, don't hate on anybody being number one in Germany, okay? David Hasselhoff made a whole musical career right. out of that. So you, you, it, it's got to mean something. That's right. right. we got 99 red balloons in this V. Now we're going to talk about something that, that's going to cause a little pain. And guys, uh, that's that's part of what recruiting is. There's a lot of pain involved, and, and unfortunately, we have to cover it. Uh, as you might know, unless you only get your recruiting news from this podcast, and I know most of y'all don't, um, Chauncey Bowens this weekend went ahead and flipped to Georgia. Um, it stings. It absolutely does. We got word around Friday that it was probably going to go down, and Saturday he went ahead and sent the edit out and said he was shutting down his recruitment, and he was he was locked in with Georgia. All right, let's talk about it, guys. It sucks. It sucks. It does. We did all the heavy lifting for Georgia on this one in Kirby. We did the evaluating. We took him back when nobody else was after him. And I saw a lot of tweets and comments when Chauncey Bowens committed to us last year saying, why are we taking a running back this early? This guy, when there was all, you know, Gibson and people were high on Stacey Gage. And, and so many others. Why are we taking this guy? And those same people that are saying that a year ago are now going, oh, Billy's getting stuffed in a locker for his run, you know, blah, blah, blah. Hey, there's good and bad of this situation. One, you know your coach can evaluate. But the bad is you lost a, you lost your big-time running back commitment to Georgia. And he instantly, of course, started shooting up rankings like he knew he would. But it's part of it. Um, here's the deal, guys. We haven't had many kids. I, Billy has lost how many kids? How many kids have we had flipped? Is is Bones like, the f- truly flip? Uh, truly flipped is Bo- Bones? I think I think Chauncey's uh, the first. Uh, what was the when you say truly? Because uh, we because, had some guys that we pushed out. Yes, but, and that's what we, we had a three-star offense. Oh yeah, the kid flipped to Miami last year. Yeah, and like in like three in the morning, uh, and then you had uh, Nixon who flipped, but he wasn't going to. Nixon was not going to qualify. So, so think about Um, this, guys. This is something that's happening regularly. Talk about Rashada, but yes, there there have been some hiccups, but there haven't been many kids except the one three star offensive lineman that went to Miami at three a.m. in the morning, and now Chauncey that have been flipped from Billy. So I saw a lot of people saying, you know, that like this was a phenomenon or something like it was just happening all the time and it's not, but it sucks. It is. It's part of recruiting. Every team gets kids flipped. And if this is the worst thing we get, as far as a kid getting flipped this cycle, we will live and we will be fine. Cause if you're worried about yep. running back right now at Florida, your worry is misplaced. <laughs> so, Wes, yeah. you said you were going to talk about it a little bit. Say what you got to say. Yeah, <clears throat> it was some fans. Some some fan said something about DJ Lagway. Uh, he's supposed to be this all world recruiter. Was like, if, if why are you why are you tweeting at the kid, a five star quarterback for one? Why are you saying something to him? And then there was another fan. We would get. Uh, a uh, five-star quarterback who can't put anybody uh, around him. And my comment to that was Tennessee got Nico, the number one overall quarterback we've probably seen since Caleb Williams that played for Oklahoma and USC. And they put one receiver around him, top 100. And somebody pushed back and said, well, are we comparing ourselves to Tennessee now? If you haven't been listening to our podcast, CJ, is, we've all talked about this. We are Tennessee. We are probably below Tennessee right now. So don't expect us to be Something that we are not. We are not the 2010, uh, even the 2012, when we last time we could really competed for a championship. That's not us right now. And it's not just. And the, and the other thing on top of that is June. It's freaking June, and y'all already ready to jump in the road and get hit by a bus. Why? Friday night lights have not even happened yet. And then they said, "Well, the Friday night lights are for the future recruits." That's not what I'm talking about. Friday night lights last year. Billy had it set up where we had a couple maybe four guys recruited leading up to Friday Night Lights that week. That's what I'm speaking to. I'm not speaking to the, 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 the event Friday Night Lights where we're looking at the 25 recruits. That's not what I'm talking about. 
I'm talking about Billy's planning hole. If, if the end of June comes and there's no big time guys come in, then I'm with you. Then we can have this discussion about, hey, the recruiting sucks. They're not doing we, – we heard June was supposed to be a big month. I'm saying June was supposed to be a big month, so I'm with you there. But it's, well, last week was only the first the, – the, uh, I think the first week was a half week of June. was the first full week of June. We had only, then we were going into our second weekend of recruiting, and y'all ready to give it up already. This is my thing. If recruiting is not for you, stop following because it's going to be ebbs and flows and it's going to be ups and downs. So if you're going, if you're going to be up top of building ready to jump off because we got a commitment flip when we're trying to get Evans from Texas A&M, when we're trying to flip Jeremiah Smith from Ohio State, every, it happens everywhere. This is a whole new world. So stop acting. Stop, stop getting – you have the patience of children. Some of you guys have the patience of children. Calm down, give it some time, and see what happens. This was supposed to be my class, so I'm speaking to it. I'm going to be pissed the F off if come by December, my class average is not top five, and my recruiting overall ranking is not top eight. That's me. That's what I predicted. So why the hell, if that's where your expectation, are you getting pissed the F off in June? Why? We got eight months to December to signing day. So why are you ready to jump off a bridge already? <laughs> And we got a five-star quarterback in the class that's competing for the elite. Before the new records came out, we had four guys in the freaking top 50. And y'all are bitching. Yes, I'm saying y'all are bitching. And we had four guys, now it's two guys in the top 50, with the other two guys, 51 and like 52 or 53, some 54 and on in. Why? Woo. Why? Calm Woo. the F down, man. Like Aaron Rodgers said a couple years ago, uh, years ago R-E- L-A-X. Relax. Shout out to you, CJ. Relax. Relax. That's, that's, that's why we call him the hype man. He damn. Whew, that's boy. right, boy. He's stealing, he's stealing my thunder on the run. All right, CJ, see if you can follow that up. Challenge it. Listen, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't give uh, two diddly doo-doos about a running back at this point in, in the way football works. Does it suck to lose him? Yeah. Y'all got to understand something. Kirby missed on a lot of running backs in the last class or so. Including I, a big-time legacy. He missed on Haynes, Justice Haynes. He missed on Reuben Owens. He missed on Jarrett Gibson. He missed on Cedric Baxter. He missed on Cam Davis, who's committed to Florida State. He's missed on a lot of running backs. He had to have one. I'm not going to get into what all I speculate what I've heard, whatever. Georgia did a lot to pull this off. A lot to pull this off. They needed Chauncey. Bags were dropped. They needed him bad. Way more than we needed. And I know that sucks to hear. And uh, we're we're Florida. And why can't we? Uh, Billy Billy Napier is driving a G wagon and a Maybach, and and we, we you know we can't afford these pits. He doesn't own those cars, you idiots. They give them to the dealership. He drives these kids around. It's not like he's bankrolling these things and even if it was that way it's not like billy napier is out here buying kids like that's not how this works y'all just make up crap like it, it sucks you miss on a kid you lose chauncey bowens it's a whiff it's a miss it's a mess up okay cool i get it let's move on there's a hundred running backs in the class the last two running backs our best two running backs on the team were a mid-range low-end four-star and a kid that was a two-star that nobody wanted that played at Louisiana Lafayette. And they are two guys that are going to be in contention for all conference awards. So if there's one area on this team that I'm not going to freak out and worry about, it's running back. And if you've been following along, a lot of the kids that spurn Florida like this that do us pretty dirty, things don't usually end up well for them. Uh, they don't we're have track we're, we're not, out. We're not wishing harm or anything. I'm not like wishing that. anything. I'm That's just not saying. What he's saying before somebody says that. I'm just saying. I'm not wishing harm on Chelsea. Good luck to him. I hope he has a great career. Good, just, good luck just to the young man. I could have picked George. It's just like, you know, it's okay. We'll see him with, with Miles Graham in Jacksonville when he comes down here. We're going to find out what who made the mistake. So, even though, guys, let him do what he's going to do, leave him alone. Leave the damn coaches alone. It's June. Just just hold on. Just wait a minute. I'm, we're sitting here. We've preached patience. Believe me, if nothing works out for us and it all goes to pot and we don't take nothing but three-star kids for the rest of the way out, 
we're going to be pissed too. We're not saying that you don't have any reason to get upset. I totally understand getting upset. But right now, and who you're directing your anger at is the wrong people. It's, it's the wrong attitude to have. You're out here tweeting at kids, tweeting at coaches, telling them to do better, telling coaches to do better. They have five-star safeties committed. Then you're trying to you're trying to tell him to do better on a kid committing that wasn't even in our radar. We had no offer given to him. You guys are getting obsessive. You know, you might need to you might need to go chill out. You might need to go take a vacation or something. You know, this stuff this stuff ain't for everybody. And no, we don't mean all of y'all. If if you're offended by what was just said, then you you might you're need probably, to look, you might need to look in the mirror. To. Um guys, we don't really know what the running back board looks like right now because I've even heard that um Coach Jaluka said he might be good with just one back in this class. And then, and then take looking in the portal after the season, if if need be, for another back, because you know it's going to be a young running back room, and you might want a little experience in there. Um, some names maybe to keep an eye on, though. Tavani Mazel has been on campus a few times. I don't expect him probably, but obviously the cousin of Aiden Mazel. Um, maybe you see us double back on Jordan Lyle, even though I've heard that they thought he was a little slower than they wanted at, at their running back position. Um, Ohio, he of course is committed to Ohio State. Ohio State's got two running back commits. Um, Stacy Gage. Now, I know a lot of people say, Oh, well, Stacy Gage committed to UCF Saturday. We should have taken him. Ask yourself, why did Stacy Gage end up at UCF? Yeah, he had, he was at one point was expected to go to Oklahoma or Florida, and that turned into UCF. I, I'll give you, a, I'll give you a, a bit of knowledge here, guys. Stacy Gage has tried to commit to UF already, and we did not take him. So that's just a little bit of knowledge out there that there's a reason Stacy Gage is at UCF and not any of the big three or anywhere else that's a major program in the country. And, yes, I'm saying UCF is not a major program, so they can just live with it. Um, before we move on to this weekend's official visits, I want to – you know, throw one piece of news out there because I've seen people asking uh, if you've seen Derek LeBlanc, who, of course, we recruited last cycle um, at Osceola, ended up going to Oklahoma and has already entered the transfer portal. And a lot of people out there have been asking, well, is, are we going to go back after the kid? No, the staff has no interest in him. Um, look for him to end up maybe at UCF or USF, but he's he's not coming to the University of Florida. The staff has no interest in him. We've moved on down the road. So that, that covers that. All right, guys. This is a big, big time official visit weekend. Last weekend was kind of, we talked about it last week, that last week's official visits were kind of middle of the road. Um, not, not the real big guys. If the first weekend was a really big recruiting weekend, this is like recruiting week, big recruiting weekend B because we got some names we need to do work on. And I got a feeling this weekend's going to pan out pretty well for us, but we're going to go ahead and talk about a few guys on this list. And we're going to start with one that we've been rumored for for a while now. He already rescheduled this visit, so he'll be here this weekend. Former uh, Michigan State commitment Jamari Howard will be in town this weekend. This is, a, from all accounts, a Florida State-Florida battle. He grew up a Florida State fan. He likes um, Coach Sertain at Florida State. He's a big fan of his, but it's also been rumored for quite a while that Florida coaches and Coach Raymond feel very good about Jamari Howard. And this kid has a chance to be in this class as cornerback one. So he will be on campus this weekend as, long, as well as uh, Louisiana cornerback Wardell Mack. Now, Louisiana LSU took another – DB commitment today, giving them seven on the year. So, CJ, I'm going to go to you first. Um, what do you think the chances are that we we get it done with uh, Jamari Howard this weekend? I know we've been in a good spot, but Florida State feels the same way. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't get a read <laughs> on the kid, man. I know that, like, I feel bad for Michigan State and all this because he still hasn't decommitted from Michigan State. He has. Uh, Oh, he has he has officially decommitted for Michigan yeah that State. happened that happened like three weeks ago but it, it was very non like he did it he didn't get an edit done for it or any of that showboating stuff yeah but I was just, it it just felt like it was for the longest time it was really really bad looking on him it's like man 
if you're really not wanting to go to Michigan State anymore, you should probably you should probably let everybody know. But um, I don't know with Jamari Howard. I've always just felt in my gut that he's going to go to Florida State because he is a Florida State fan, and Sertan is a very good recruiter. Um, you know, and, and I might get not for that, but that's just how I feel. Uh, you know, I understand if if it was in a position where it's like last year where Sertan is not at Florida State, I really feel like our chances are pretty well, you know, shut the door. We've got him. Um, but in, in my gut, I've always felt like he's going to end up at, at Florida State. Um, but we'll definitely see. Corey Raymond is a hell of a recruiter. You're not going to doubt him if he wants him, if he gets him. He's going to be a great player for us. And Wardell Mack is another kid that I'm like, I really like Wardell Mack, but it's so hard to get Louisiana kids to go away from Louisiana. It just doesn't happen a lot. A lot of those kids stay and they play at LSU. Uh, even though Corey Raymond is the guy that coached all of those DBs, that that was you know instrumental in making them a great you know DB factory, uh, the kids still they just love to go to uh, LSU. It's kind of like the advantage that that Georgia usually has, you know, when they're really the only show in town, um, so they can really pull all that great talent from their state. Uh, we'll see. Again, Corey Raymond is a guy that you don't doubt with this because he's got he's got it to sell. These kids, if they're going to play for the best, they're going to play for Corey Raymond, and they'll believe that. And you never want to count yourself out with uh, with a DB recruit with him. But to to say maybe do we see Jamari Howard commit? I don't I don't think so. There's been no real push for that. But I I, I don't know anything's possible. Like I said, you get these kids on campus, you start showing them stuff, they start getting hyped up, taking pictures. Who knows? Wes, I want to I want to hit you with a, with a separate position right now because I know this has also been a uh, a point of contention with you lately. Um, as we know, talking about bad news that happened this week, I, Walter Matthews committed to USC, um, fresh off of his visit with us. Now, I know he gave some reasons as to why he did this. I think the young man was trying to get out of the South, and, and he got caught up in the California lifestyle. But this is a kid, obviously, that we were in really good shape for for the better part of the month. I mean, you've heard the, the talk. We would all heard it. Um, Amir Jackson out of Portal, Georgia, visits this weekend, and this is why I'm bringing this up. At this point, do you consider Amir Jackson – a can't miss recruit. <clears throat> exactly. Yep. Um, <laughs> when you and, and you know, I kept asking, I, I kept reading, and I kept, you know, we talked off air, on air about Matthews, and I was like, why hasn't, why haven't this shut down yet? If, the, if we lead him for this kid, he's our number one tight end. Shut it down. Get it done. And they didn't get it done. So when when I when I went on my rant on the last topic we talked about, I understand some of you guys' frustration. This is another situation where things have to get done and things have to be better in in this aspect. Um, so don't let this linger on. You lost your number one guy. Jackson was probably the number two guy. Got to get it done. And I know there's another there's other two. I think it's two other tight ends that we're after. Um, the, the Tennessee commitment, and I forgot the other guy. The other yeah, but they're recruiting him more as a as a big wide receiver. They're not actually recruiting okay. him as a tight end. Yeah, and, and then and then Tavian Galloway has kind of come in, and that's that's former the former LSU commit that decommitted yeah, yeah, last I, week. That's the other guy I couldn't remember. So, but yeah. with Jackson, gotta lock him down. He's your number one guy. Got to get him in the class. He was predominantly your number two guy, but we we knew we were going to take probably two tight ends in this class. Got to get him. He had. I don't care who the other guys are. Because I love Jackson, I love I, to get both of those kids, Matthews and Jackson, would have been stellar, stellar class. Okay, you can still have a decent tight end group. You can, if you get Jackson and get somebody to go with Jackson, uh, and with the way our tight end room looks, there should be no fear of stepping into that room and say, "I can play next year" or "I can play in two years." So this has to be done. This has to be cemented. Uh, this weekend is a huge, huge uh, visit uh, for uh, Callaway and the staff of, of getting this kid locked in. So. I'm hopefully that it can get shut down. I'm I'm tired of waiting and I need foot on throat. I want to talk about two more guys, and one is already a Gator commit. Um Kanan Daniels, our our lone running back commit in this class, is visiting this weekend. But he's not coming alone. He's bringing a friend with him. 
And this is a guy I know the Gators are hot and heavy after. Um, Jamata Waller, edge rusher out of Mississippi, a top top 100 edge rusher out of Mississippi. His commitment has been very, very quiet. You don't hear a lot about Jamata Waller. Um, word on the streets is that he wants that he doesn't want to stay in Mississippi. Penn State's been after him. Um, but when he set this visit up, it was set up around Kanan Daniels' visit. He wanted to come with Kanan Daniels, fe- fellow Mes- Mississippi guy. And um it's no secret, guys. We've been we've been after edge rushers. I mean, you know, I know, once again, I went back to saying this about Wes when we talked about Quincy Ivory at the top of the show is that Wes has been very emphatic offline, online, everywhere. Man, when am I going to get my edge rusher? Is it, is it Ross? Is it is it Colin Simmons? Is, I mean, we got to get somebody off that edge. It goes back to Keeley last year, and I hate to open old wounds because, you know, Wes, Wes was so close to Keon Keeley, but <laughs> <laughs> this is – this is a chance for this staff to kind of sneak in right here and get something done because there's if depending on who you talk to and who is familiar with the recruitment, I know uh, even Steve Whitfong has said it at times that he feels like he's heard chatter for Florida on this guy that it would not surprise him if he ended up at Florida. And this is one of those things where there's there's no dominant looking team out there like he's leaning specifically to a way. This is where when you bring this kid in and be like, look, we want you here. We want to get this done now, and we let's let's get it done. And and I mean, we'll see what happens. But people in Gainesville feel pretty good in this recruitment. So, um. Another guy the Gators feel good about coming in this weekend, and I'm trying to go through these a little quicker, guys. Um, Nasir Johnson, defensive tackle out of Georgia. Um, staff feels really good on this kid. It's been us and Florida State's been recruiting him. Um, this is a kid I know that the Gators are really trying to get wrapped up this weekend. There's a real good feeling, like I said, around Gainesville about the kid. Um, would be great to go ahead and get us a defensive tackle in the class. We'll have to wait and see how that goes. But I, I, I expect things to go well for the good guys on this one. One other kid, the staff, from what I've told, and this is this kind of surprised me when I was told this, that the guy that the staff feels really good with is linebacker Aaron uh, Childs out of um, – I, I forgot what state Aaron Childs is out of. I think it's Maryland. That's Chris yeah. Jones. Chris Jones is out of Virginia. I believe yeah, Childs is out of Maryland. Yeah, he's yeah. somewhere in the DMV. Yeah, DMV, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, Maryland kids, man. There's a lot of them this year when you think about it. Um, number 80 overall kid in the composite. Just, uh, hey, Jay Bateman, man. What? Ha- golly, how many of these kids are you trying to get, Jay Bateman? Now, granted, we still got to keep our fingers crossed and held tight because Chris Jones is going to go visit Athens, and God knows we don't want Kirby to stick it to us twice in a – 10-day period, but um, everybody in Gainesville still says they feel great about Christopher Jones, that he's just taking his visits, and then he's going to sit down and decide, but we'll wait and see. You know, we've heard that song and dance before, but if you ended up getting, say, an Aaron Childs, and then you've got Miles Graham, and, you know, there's rumors that Darius Hayes could slide out to end because he's a big kid, and we've talked about that, but Jay Bateman is doing the damn thing, man. If he gets one of these... He, one of one or both of these guys, Jay Bateman, top recruiter on the staff, right there with 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 any of them. Um, T.J. Abrams is a Florida State commit at wide receivers visiting this weekend. I don't, I have not heard any buzz one way or the other about that. But you know, obviously, you know we're in we're in the you know game for some receivers, given the uh, T.J. Moore recruitment. Um, things. If, if you followed any information from last week and we didn't cover this, things seemingly went very well with Miami commit Chance Robinson on his visit last weekend. And now we're bringing in Florida State wide receiver commitment, really looking to get this uh, wide receiver room back on track. And the last guy I'm going to cover right here before we move on is uh, Fletcher Westfall, 
Offensive tackle out of Virginia is visiting this weekend. Number 264 overall in the composite. Um, he comes in. We obviously have talked about we're in desperate need of some higher-ranked offensive linemen. He has a visit next week scheduled to Arkansas. CJ, how important is it that we shut this down before he gets to go? It's super <laughs> important. Do not <laughs> let him get to Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman will take this kid. Sam Pittman, if his one thing he knows he can do is recruit offensive linemen. Um, you've got to get this. You've got to get this one right. This is a kid that is super important. Uh, we need it like bad. Like, like I mean, he's. I mean, we need him like Rick James need a crack rock. I mean, seriously, we 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 gotta get we gotta get him. I mean, we need some offensive line help, and we need a really stud offensive lineman to bolster this class. Because if you can get those guys, then it makes taking our German friend, Mister Noel. And, and, and Mr. Williams, it makes you feel better about taking them. Yeah. Uh, you, you've got a, a net there. You've got a you know a higher rank kid, and they might end up being better than the higher rank kid. I don't know, but at least you got him in the class. Uh, I would love to have him. He's a massive young man. I, I would love to have him in the class. He definitely fits the mold of what they're looking for. But you cannot let him go get talked to by by Sam Pittman because Sam Pittman he can sell ice to an Eskimo. And, and, oh, and, I, mean, I love Sam Pittman. I hated I hated him when he was at Georgia because God Almighty, but the, the damn man can recruit some offensive Oh, he, he can recruit for sure, for sure. Yeah, out of, out of that list that you named, of course, you know, Hirsch, I'm on Waller. We, we, the way uh, CJ's – I'm not even going to talk about offensive line because y'all know how I feel about that. I'm getting that way with rushing. Um, I'm getting a little bit frustrated there. So Waller is somebody that um, – Charles is just icing on the cake, especially if we get Chris Jones, but Waller is the guy that – um, I'm, I'm hoping the staff can wrap things, not wrap things up, but well, because they've been talking to him, they've been dealing with him. But go ahead and say, hey, kid, we want you to come on and over here, like stuff that you're speaking to. So out of those four kids that you talked about, Waller's my guy that I'm, 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 I'm can't wait to hear uh, the feedback uh, from that visit this weekend. Hopefully, I don't hear anything. Hopefully, I just see an edit come up on the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't need any more updates. I need some edits. But guys, I, yeah. I, I keep preaching it. Wes said it earlier. You know it's been my thing since since the first week of June when we had our episode. I keep saying, let's wait till July 1st, and yep. then we'll form a conclusion. I promise you, whatever episode we do the first week of July will be Hirsch giving a grade to the month of June and this recruiting class and saying, job well done, needs improvement, or failed. One way, yeah, it's going to be one of those three. And I'm going to tell you straight up what I feel about it. And we'll probably all have the same opinion. Some of y'all have already formed that opinion, though. <laughs> and, and that was that was why Wes had to rant because, you know, here we are. It's the 15th. We're, we're in the halfway mark. And I, I get it. that the, the commitments aren't moving the needle for you. And, you, you know, I we lost they are, one. They, they are hey, Tyrone your- Biggums, man. They that, are that's beating. the guy you were trying to say, CJ. They need they to were, commit. They need edits. They need they the, are, the recruits. <laughs> I get they, they got the guys. They, you guys are getting your ass beat in the quote retweets on on Twitter. I understand it, and that's why you need these commitments. But but man, you guys got to calm down. I got I got a feeling next week's show is going to have a little bit of a higher theme. I mean, you know, I think we're going to be a little bit more excited as we prep for Friday Night Lights next week. That's just so. me. That's just me. I might. I might have heard a few things. I might not have, but it don't matter. Just just tune in next week, and we'll we'll go from there. Hopefully, we also have some more positive news to talk about because the Gators are in Omaha, and and CJ is about to tell us why we should be excited for the Gators in Omaha. CJ, let us know. Uh, man, you know we what a, what a what a game, what a series with South Carolina. We didn't lose that series. I was there live. <laughs> we lost the first one, and that was when the series, the season was over. We ended. Yeah, it. Uh, I don't know. Somehow we made it to Omaha with a, with a season that's been over. But uh, what what a showing by the the Florida Gator faithful showing up at the game. We had eighty eight hundred people there for the last game of series clinch to go to Omaha. Uh, it was the rowdiest environment I think I've ever been in in a baseball game for Florida. It was it it rivaled what you would see at a football game with people really showing up, really cheering on the team, really being involved. It was a hell of a time. 
Uh, we're going to Omaha for the first time since 2018. Uh, you know, again, I always kind of caution everybody not to freak out about that. We would have went in 2020. That team was very good, but COVID had other ideas. Um, but I, I'm super excited because we got we got a pretty favorable side of the bracket. No Tennessee, no LSU, no Wake Forest on our side. We got Virginia, we got Oral Roberts, and we got TCU. Three very good baseball teams. They're not pushovers, but you know they're not LSU and Wake Forest, which are the teams that I think most people are picking to win the tournament. Um, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a fight. We're going to we're going to play uh, Friday night at uh, seven o'clock tentatively against Virginia. Virginia's got a very good baseball team, uh, rivaled only the ACC by uh, by Wake Forest. So you know the, they're definitely not going to be a pushover. Brandon Spur is going to be pitching, but it's it's a great time right now because this is what we work to, and I've and I'm you know and you can call me a bad fan or whatever, but I've always said from the start of the season, get to Omaha and everything after that is just gravy. That's the name because baseball is so hard to win a national championship. If we got to this team to Omaha, we have with a chance to win the whole thing. Whatever happens here on out is just icing on the cake for me. I'm, I'm excited for these guys. They played their hard outs. They never gave up. They played their best baseball here down the stretch. Hurston Waldrop has been a man possessed on the mound with his pitching, throwing over 20, 25 strikeouts in his last two games. Uh, he didn't give up a run at all in the last his last start against South Carolina. So, I mean, into that, that offense, that's unheard of. Those guys are really good. So there's a lot to look forward to. Um, also, a little, little recruiting portal news here. The Florida Gators did add a gentleman, Mr. Kelly Austin, from the UCLA Bruins. It was an all-conference pitcher uh, through the transfer portal. Sully is on the plane to Omaha and getting transfers at the same time. He is a man that can do it all. But you get an all-conference pitcher with a uh, sub-four ERA, and he uh, had 104 strikeouts last year. So a great addition to the team to add some much needed um, senior depth to the, to the rotation when you're losing Waldrop and you're losing Sprout. So that's, that was amazing to do. And, you know, Sully's just getting started with this portal guys. I think that we're going to really see him dip his toes more into it this year with the, the payoff that he's had from Hurston Waldrop and the payoff he's had from BT Ryapel. They have really chose, they've really showed Kevin O'Sullivan because he wasn't sure about it at first that this portal thing can work to to get a few of these guys in. But you got to, you know, he's always going to recruit great. He's always high school recruiting is your number one, it's your bread and butter. But to be able to fill a few gaps on the team with the portal, Kevin O'Sullivan's going to be able to do that just as good as anybody else. I'm excited to see it. It's, it's Omaha. It's the best time of the year. So congratulations to the Florida Gators winning their regional, uh, the super regional SEC champions. We made it there. Um, it's been a long season. We got just, you know, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. Hopefully, we can win a national championship. I mean, raise another one in in the stadium. That would be awesome, and that would cement Kevin O'Sullivan as one of the greatest baseball coaches of all time and the greatest baseball coach the University of Florida has ever seen. So that would be really special for him. But I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he's up there now. So good, good on him. Good on the guys. Um, then we'll get to talk a little bit. Baseball season winds down. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the draft coming up soon, post this, and then we'll put baseball away for a little while unless we get some big-time news that I'll update you guys on. But thanks for riding with me, uh, baseball. A lot of you guys, I'm sure, weren't really big Gators baseball buffs. You didn't watch it as much, but hopefully through what we've done here, you guys have kind of caught on some more uh, to what's going on with the baseball scene and how much fun it can be to follow and um, I hope you guys that, that did go to a game for the first time this year really enjoyed it. I hope you'll be back. Um, I always enjoy it. So thank you guys for, for sticking with me through this. And I really appreciate the support through the for the baseball stuff. Yes, sir. You've made me a bigger fan. Like I've, I've always been kind of very casual about baseball, but just hearing you talk about it, I've, you know, I know all the guys better now. I follow it a lot more than I did. Um you know, college baseball is very exciting, but it's when you really actually start to follow it, you realize how much more exciting it is than you even knew. So I appreciate all you brought at the table, and I know everyone else probably does too. 
Guys, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Like we said, there's a lot going on right now for the Gators. I mean, we're winning golf national championships. We're winning track and field national championships. Time to try to win a baseball national championship, man, and, and maybe snag a few high-rated high recruits along the way would, would make for a really good month of June. Um, hopefully some of y'all haven't completely flipped your calendars to July and just canceled the rest of the month, but – if you had, I got a feeling you're going to be sorry you did, but it's it's here or there. Everybody, you know, has their own speed of dealing with things. Just just try to be patient, man. Like Wes said, don't don't tweet at kids. If and if you see somebody tweeting at kids, put a stop to it. Say something. Don't don't I ain't telling you you have to be nasty. I'm not telling you you have to jump somebody's stuff, but just say, "Hey man, please delete that." That ain't that ain't the way we need to be as fans. We get a bad enough rap about stuff already, and we earn a lot of it. But don't be a fan that tweets at kids just because he don't want to play for your sports team. That's that man's life decision. He has to live with the consequences or beneficial, you know, results of whatever he chooses, and that's the rest of his life. He don't need Joe three six seven four nine two on Twitter telling him that he's a he's a bum and he made a stupid choice because you know just stop it stop it seek help touch All grass right. yeah touch grass christopher zen if you're still listening <laughs> you know who you are <laughs> all right guys cj what you got before we get out of here i just want to thank you guys again for listening to support us as creators don't forget about the giveaway we're almost through june we're halfway through so you gotta you gotta get in now. You gotta get in so you get a chance to win the T-shirt. Uh, again, you know, check our link below for Alma Mater. They're good friends. They've got a brand new T-shirt out with the back-to-back track field track and field championships. So if you want to get something like that, or the golf championships, or maybe even soon we might have a baseball shirt coming through there. Um, you know, hopefully. But you guys use our link. It helps us out a ton. Helps them out a ton. Um, you know, Father's Day. You're going to get something for your dad. Make sure you do that. There's a lot of things, you know, coming down the pike um, that we're going to be working on soon. And we're going to update you guys on it. Um, might even have something to do with a little Netflix stuff. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. But keep an ear out for that. We've got some stuff in the works we're trying to get done for you guys to help you guys out and give some more some more uh, content, as, as I'll say. But I'll leave it at that. But thank you guys so much. Check us out on the Twitter. Check us out on the Facebook. You guys know what to do. Leave the like and the subscribe and the comments and the notification bell. Turn it on so you get notified every time we upload a new video. It does give us a lot of help. If we're doing something wrong, let us know that too. That helps us out to give a good gauge of what you guys want to see and what you want to hear. Yes, sir. Wes, send us home. Yeah. And to piggyback on what CJ was saying about Modern, they're constantly putting out new uh, material. So keep checking that out from with using our link. Uh, to see the new things that they're continuing to put out. So uh, shout out to them as our sponsor. Um, and as always, we thank you guys. And before I get into well, I can go ahead and say that. Thank you guys for supporting us. As always, thank you to our troops that support us as well. We love you guys. We appreciate you guys uh, and, and all that you do for serving our country. Um, I will not be here next weekend. I will be on a cruise next weekend. Uh, next oh. week. Uh, uh, Doing the pod, I mean, doing the the big pod that uh, CJ and Hirsch would do, hopefully, because we there's some things that might be transpiring that hopefully we can they'll have a good pod next week. Uh, my phone will be off. I will be in the Bahamas, so uh, hopefully a safe, well trip with my uh, family. Um, but I will try to have my phone on so Hirsch and CJ can let me know the good things that are going on next week. Uh, doing Friday Night Lights, so well, thank we'll you really all. tweets by Wes, messages by Wes. <laughs> we'll read, we'll, we'll channel it. The hype man, hype, hype I'll, man tweets. I'll stick, a, I'll stick a note in a bottle and we'll float it out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But as always, you know how it goes here. Go Gators! Go Gators! Go Gators, baby! Catch y'all next week.
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 